Welcome to another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your co-host, Tejon Graham. Alongside me is my guy, the one, the only, Mr. Jason Little. Jason, how are you doing today, man? Fantastic. Thank you, Tejon. We got another great guest here today. This guy is a straight-up bucket. He's my new teammate on the men's basketball team. Nick Gellin's here, man. Nick, how are you doing today, bro? I'm doing pretty good for what's going on, but <laughs> yeah, how about you? I'm, I'm chilling, bro. Same thing, bro. Things are going crazy right now, but hopefully things will die down soon. So hard to say, but let's get right into it, man. So the current state of the OUA, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks on the podcast. Obviously, right now at the time of this recording, we don't know what's going on with the OUA. The OUA is on pause right now until further notice. For you personally, you know, we obviously missed a year last year with the whole COVID thing situation. We played a couple of games this year. Well, six to be exact. How are you mentally staying focused during this time in hopes that we can finish out the season? Just remember, remembering how much I love ball and just my, my end goal of playing pro. So, you know, you just got to – the day is going to come where we get back on the court. The day, like, there's always – like, it's not like it's the end of basketball. They can't – It's there'll be a point where we're back and we can do what we got to do. So you just got to do the little things that you can and then when that day comes – Show what you're made of. And we were talking about this last week on the podcast with the women's volleyball team. It's really frustrating for the teams that actually got off to a really good start. And mm. we talked about this before we got on the air. Like, there's a lot of people that came back just to finish, solely finish their eligibility. And now that because of this Omicron variant, they might not get the chance to finish. So it's really, really frustrating. But I've really, been, I've really kept this stance in the sense of I really hope that people can finish out the season, especially for the teams that may not have started off so great but really have the urge, you know, to come out of the second half, play really well, and hopefully go for a playoff push or whatever. So that's my biggest thing. So speaking of off that, obviously, like I said, we played six games. You know, we finished off the first time with the win against York, and we're 2-4 and four overall. Obviously, like I said, this is your first year here with the team. What are your thoughts on how the season has gone so far? Uh, for us, I think I'm more of a realistic type of person. So I looked at our schedule. You know, we got Carlton Ryerson first two, two weekends back-to-back. It's like, ah, oh, okay. So it's, it's a good, it was a good challenge for all of us guys to see where we were at. And the Carlton games didn't really go the way we wanted to. I think, you know, we got a couple new guys who were, came from either transferred or young guys that are finally getting a shot after having to wait a year or two. And, but then the next weekend when we played Ryerson, we took the win. I think that was a good test and showed what we're capable of. We should have taken the, one more against York, so we should be at three and three. Mm-hmm. but it is what it is. We know what we can do. That's what Coach harps on all the time. We know how good we can be. We've shown it. And once we are able to get back to practice, we just got to keep going hard. And then I think we have a good chance for playoffs this year. I totally agree. Um, you were right. Like, I feel like that first York game, I feel like we should not have lost. Um, but then again, it is what it is. I think we did a great job bouncing back the second game with the win, especially since mm-hmm. we missed Shannon, who obviously ended up, Jason, he ended up fracturing his toe. Uh, yeah, the first mm-hmm. York game, yeah, he ended up fracturing his toe. So he missed uh, the second game. And that was a really good win. Like, was, you can tell that it was a really great grabbing win in terms of people stepped up, people played really well. Like, Kev started his first game ever. Kev was, yeah, let's go. No, no, but Nick Jack. Jack was out of his mind. Jack was probably like a clipping, clipping. No, like Jack, that was the best I ever seen Jack play. I'm talking about both ends. I'm talking about hustle, hit, Tommy shots, confidence. Like that was probably the best that I've ever seen 
our team play. Just seeing how happy coach was at the end, coach is like, like bleep, yes, like let's go. <laughs> Can't say it on air, but like it was, it just like Nick said, it just showed like the potential of this team. And I've been saying it from like training camp, like yo, like I looked around at training camp, I'm like, I'm like, we actually have a chance to like really win. And when coach said in that, Nick, I don't know if you remember, but when coach said it that day in the locker room, before, I think during one of our preseason game, he's like, I think we can win it all. Like you actually felt like he actually meant it. So you're like, mm-hmm. oh damn, like this guy really, really means it. So I just really hope that, like I said, we can finish off the season because especially with the way our schedule is, if it starts off, you know, with Ontario Tech moving forward, I think we can take those last six games. Like, honestly, if we do what we're supposed to do, I don't think we should lose another game. Like, I'm, that's just me. I know the league is good, but like, I feel like what we have, I don't think we should lose another game. If we start off where it says we would, which would be the 28th, I don't think we should lose to Ontario Tech. I don't think we should lose to U of T. I don't think we should lose to Laurentian. If we do what we're supposed to do. Yep. That's just me. But I, think guys, the, the, I think the big thing for those games, too, is our guys like Jack and Kev and, you know, guys that they understand they're not the one, number one guy. They're not the number two guy. It's, hey, you're going to come in. You're going to play 10, 15 minutes. I need you to rebound. I need you to play defense. I need you to shoot the three when you're wide open. And just come in and play in as hard as they did against York. And, like, Jack was big in the Ryerson win, having to come off the bench. And in the clutch time, this guy's talking to me going, hey, that's green like i'm sending them and like let's go and like if those guys can be consistent and just give it their all and yeah we we ain't gonna have a problem we're gonna we're gonna be all right (laughs) i agree speaking of that ryerson game man obviously we lost the first two games to carlton and like i said because the schedule only had two home games so that first game against ryerson was crazy Mm -hmm. double overtime and honestly, when you look back at the tape, there were so many times that honestly we should have lost because we missed free throws, we missed shots, we turned the ball. Like we gave them every single excuse to win. But it oh, took yeah. you <laughs> to freaking hit a crazy game winner. Jason, we gotta watch this back, bro. Because every time I see this, bro, I don't know how this guy scored. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like I don't I don't I don't understand to this day how you scored. I don't understand this. But let's just check this out for people at home who haven't seen this. Right here. And I think Gillian's gonna take it. Nine seconds. Seven, Gillian, one-on-one, he lo- loses it, he's got to turn around, put it up, off the glass, and scores! No time left! Can you believe that? No it's, all the, it's all the time that you're just messing around with your guys, I'm off balance, you know, growing up, playing with my brother, who's always physical, who's a football player, so he, every time he just hit me, and I can't call fouls against him, so I had to, I had to learn, okay, I'm going to be off balance, I'm not going to be just normally finishing so anytime i get into the paint and i'm off balance or i got that little angle oh it, it's going in <laughs> yeah but listen you want to know something funny i don't know if you saw it so when nick hit the game winner and like he um bumped quentin he tried to step on the chairs <laughs> all pushed him this guy almost <laughs> fell over so he had to step up quick <laughs> yeah. like, I, was, I, was, I was trying to hit my D Wade and go stand up on the chair. Yeah. Hey, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing I know, I, I felt I felt the chair wobbling a bit. I'm like, ah, okay, let's get off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I'm yeah. telling you, bro. And then fam, I, I hung this guy like crazy after bro with fam, bro. Because think about it, like we said, the first before that, you guys forced a five-second violation. Like D Shannon just got fouled out. And then DJ comes and DJ forces five seconds violation. Was big man, uh, DJ, bro. DJ forced a five second violation. Then you get the ball, and like you said, for a second, I'm like, okay, what's this guy doing? Because I see, I see this, I see between the legs. 
I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? And then I see him getting double team. I'm like, okay, ain't no way in hell he scores this. And then he scores it. I was like, nah. <laughs> I was like, nah. Did you know what you want? I'm curious. Did you know what you wanted to do, or you were just going with whatever they gave you? Like, what was your? Uh, you just, you just got to make a play. It's everyone sits in their driveway, eh? Five, four. I'm just playing. Ah, ah. I got stuck. Lost the yeah. ball a bit. They couldn't foul because we were in bonus, so they knew that. So they just went straight. I said, okay. And I split them. Just went in. Man, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think everyone on our team knew. What, I, I'm not giving that up. I can't. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's that. That's that moment you dream of, and I just thankful. It went in. <laughs> was that your first ever game winner? Or uh yeah, I've had I've had game tying shots. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's and that should have been a buzzer. They put back point three on the like just yeah, it's that a buzzer was, beater. Oh uh but yeah, it's it's more than just that. I I like the plays that led up to it, you know. Mm-hmm. J- Jack coming up to me like, Hey, I, I got you right here, bro. And then we force the five second. We get the crucial steal when we need it. And yeah. then Even our the guys play- come in. DJ gets a crucial steal and layup. Like, I wasn't just me making the, the game-winning play and just being the hero. That was every single man who touched the court, even the bench man. That was all the fans. Like, oh, the fans were unbelievable that game. I never heard the fans that low. Yeah, it took like, a culmination play- of everything. Yeah, like, even the play before um, DJ forced the five seconds, David – Probably, and we all know we all love David B. But like David would probably tell you, he was probably playing probably his worst game I've ever seen. Right. Like David was like not he would probably tell, he'd be the first one to tell you like bro like I was not good. So even before that play, David hit a three because we were down four. David yep. hit the three to put us down one, and yep. then Shannon gets fouled out over some stupid call. I don't know how it is, but like it just goes to show you that even when people play bad or even when people have different roles, people are able to step up and you know get us a win, right? Yep. And like I said, that just shows you the potential of this team. But obviously, everyone knows in this league that you can never get too high, you can never get too low. And when you looked at the tape, you can see how pissed the rising people were. And obviously, I didn't play that weekend, but I was telling a couple of guys, hey, yo, like, they're probably going to come back the next day, probably pissed off because, you know, when it's Ryerson or Carlton, all these top dogs, like, you're not supposed to lose a nipping. Yeah. And once I saw that, you know, they got off the 10 nothing lead, I was like, oh, damn. This is going to be a long one. And then we ended up getting slapped. But it just shows you, like, in this league that you can never get too high because, look, the game was late, like, 10 hours later, and it was a completely different result, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, the biggest thing that people should learn, that you should never get too high, never get too low. Like, yeah, you can celebrate the game for probably like one, two minutes after the game, but then after that, we have another game to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But, like I said, you this is your first year here, and just switching gears a little bit, obviously – you know, you always had different experience on Goma where the winning wasn't as much as possible. And you come here and obviously you're ingratiating to this, you know, this new group, a lot of new guys, a lot of moving pieces, things like that. You can pretty, you can tell that everyone on our team is pretty cool. Like we're all pretty close to We all love to have fun. Yeah. What's what's it been like, you know, with your experience here versus on Goma in terms of, you know, the team chemistry off the court and stuff like that? Like, has it been an easy adjustment for you to come into the situation or did it take you some time to really get ingratiated with our team? Uh what I liked and the big reason why I transferred was Algoma, you know, it was a, it was a reset kind of new coach. We brought in a bunch of new guys, you know, they're going to take a little while to learn and adjust, which is fine. But at that point in my, at that point in my career, like I'm ready to win. I'm ready to, you know, make that push. So when I got over here and all the guys, the big thing was just seeing the talent, like 
we, we have we have guys that can just hoop like and what I so it wasn't too hard like I didn't have to sit there and talk to these guys and be like hey like you gotta you gotta do this defensively I, I think you should be doing this like I just I could just talk to guys and just talk about minor things like like hey I need I think I just need you to space out a little more to the corner so when I drive like I'll get you that kick and you're gonna shoot like like just a little easy adjustment so the adjustment period was pretty quick I feel like I feel like guys gelled with me pretty quick I, I kind of started figuring out the other guys and gelled quick and yeah every year obviously people go through you know a transition process in terms of you know people get better year after year after year obviously from Algoma to here what do you think has been the biggest part of your game that's really improved to give you the opportunity to you know be you know a top player on the team and be able to have an opportunity to be the focal point of the offense a lot of I've seen you with a couple of young guys, you know, teach them some of your moves and counters and stuff like that. So, what would you say has been the biggest part of your game that has improved since you left Algoma and it came here? Well, we haven't really been able to have much time from Algoma to here to get better, but I would say it's just just still trying to be more of a leader. Like, I'm at the point in my career where, like, there's different things that I could still learn, but not as much as I was as a rookie. So obviously it's trying to get into the gym with the young guys and showing them what I can do and just trying to answer all the questions that they got and trying for me, it's just been trying to, it's just, yeah, be more of a leader, like in game, out of game, like everyone knows like in game, like they can come up to me, they can ask me what to do. Like I'll give them an answer and it's straightforward like that, but it's more when we're not on the court, like, just trying to be more social with guys, which I still feel like I need to get better at. And yeah, it's, that's the big thing. I think in my point in my career right here, right now from Algoma to Nipissing is just be more of a leader. There's obviously a one year layover in terms of when you obviously left Algoma then last year we had no season. And then we had this season and Jason is always big on this part, you know, the identity crisis, especially, you know, having basketball taken away from you for a year, things like that. And obviously with your situation, you know, being from the States, like Jason always asks this question, like, did you go through a big identity crisis when basketball really wasn't? Stealing my question. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you can jump in <laughs> if you want to ask the rest of it, but yeah. Well, the big thing with that was, yeah, I, you know, I've been playing basketball since third grade. Like there, there's not, there hasn't been a lot of days where I couldn't just go play on my team and go to the gym and just play like all of a sudden I'm sitting here months on end stuck in a house or barely able to go outside. And it's just like, Oh, like what else do I do? Like, like all everything, only thing that's ever been in my mind is basketball. So you're sitting there and I, you basically take that away. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. So, I mean, I picked up some stuff. I mean, you know, I'm an avid chess player now. Mm-hmm. I had to, had to try to exercise my mind a bit. Uh, so I think that was, that was definitely an interesting time. I mean, we're back now, so I can <laughs> yeah. thankfully just play ball now. But yeah. yeah, that was definitely an interesting time. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like everyone's got mostly the same experience about what, what happened. Yeah. Jason, did you ever play chess real quick? Like I have. I'm I mean I'm I'd say I'm I'm a mediocre player. Okay. But I will say there was one time I played a math teacher and this guy beat me in three moves and I was like, uh, no, wait, I didn't, I didn't yep. 
They try to do that's that. That's the craziest. They try to do that. That's, man, that stuff's wild. Oh, yeah. Some, some people at chess, that's just crazy. It's like, how, how are you so good? <laughs> nah, Nick's like that still. Like, Nick, Nick's new pregame routine has been playing me in chess. Uh, that's you beat me every time, but I'm not. I'm not as bad as you probably thought I was. I'm probably better than you thought I was. Oh yeah, you put up a fight. Mm-hmm. No, that's all, that's all you can do at the end of the day. No, I'm gonna test <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get this guy soon. Trust me, I will. I will beat him. It's all said and done. I will beat him. <laughs> but for real, like the main question I have regarding chess, because the one thing I've always loved about chess is that you can really see. I feel like chess can really correlate to life and sports in the sense that it really shows you how people think. Like, yeah. I feel like chess can show how people think in the sense of if people want to play too fast and, like, say, go, you know, try to beat people in three moves, that means, okay, people are fast thinkers. People go, go, go. If people are, you know, trying to be really defensive and, you know, try to defend tonight, then, okay, people are the king. Sorry, people are, like, you know, trying to take their time and be methodical and things like that. For you, Percy, since you really picked up chess, which I think you said was like over a year ago, you've been really into it. Have you kind of used chess in a sense that it kind of helped you like the way you have to think about chess is kind of the way you have to move on the basketball court. Like, have you been able to make that correlation that's kind of helped you become a better player because you've had chess? Uh, I think not more so that way. I think it would, it's still more the other way. Like my basketball and how I am disciplined for that helps my chess. Okay. Because I, t- I was talking with one of my chess friends who is pretty good and the cool thing is he's like, I would love to be in your position right now. Like I've not knowing much because there's so much to learn and so much to do that, that he already knows at this point, like for his, his learning left is like this much. I have so much to learn and that's the fun in it is to study and to learn. And basically like basketball wise, like I already study, I watch film, I discipline myself, I go practice moves, I go do, you know, everything. So it's more so just been fun to kind of be on the flip side of that and like, you know, get my butt kicked in chess and be like, Oh, what did I do wrong? Like, let me go study this and do this. So it's, so I haven't been able to make it the opposite connection yet. It's been more so just basketball to chess versus chess to basketball. But hopefully maybe a little bit down the line, I can (laughs) maybe do more so that way. Yeah. Cause I remember when we talked about in the hotel, like you said, like you really want to get into like some serious chess tournaments. Like because you talked about the gap, how long? Like like you said, it's a new year, it's twenty twenty two. Like do you have like a kind of a timeline in terms of how long it's going to take until you're ready to like take that next step and be in chess tournaments? Is it going to be by the end of this year? Is it going to be by you know in a couple months? Like where do you see yourself in terms of a timeline for when you really want to get in some like serious chess playing competitions? All right now, the plan is March if, okay. if things go right. Okay. But I, it depends, obviously, what happens with the season now. I feel like our games might get pushed back into March. Mm-hmm. But then there's a tournament in May I'm trying to go to because there's there's a really a big difference between online and playing with a person oh, in absolutely. front of you absolutely. <laughs> looking at a board. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just would want to I just want to go and see what it's like. Just see the atmosphere, just see how well I can do and just make time for that. So I just try to, yeah, have a have another hobby that I, I take part in. I think I think that's dope, man. If if you actually if you're able to do it, man, good luck, man. I'll root for you, bro. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because I've always loved playing chess. I never had the the confidence or the you know the cahoots to go play in a tournament. So for the fact that you're able to do that, man, big up to you, bro. I hope you do well, man. Thanks, man. 
like what you've been hearing so far? Make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers Locker Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers Locker Room starts now. But switching back, obviously, to the season, like I said, we're praying that by the time this recording comes out, we know that we're going to finish the season. Like I said, we obviously played six games. We're two and four right now. Like I said at the beginning as well, I feel like if we do what we're supposed to do, I feel like we shouldn't lose any more games here on out. What do you think is really going to take for us to really lock in and really reach the peak that we both believe that this team can reach? Like, what are some factors that are going to have to happen in order for us to do so? Uh, I think the big thing is our chemistry. We we just got to be consistent eight, nine minutes down, you know? We can't have me be off one game and doing whatever or another guy. Like, we need to lock in. Our starters got to come out first five, six, seven minutes, however long they play, set the tempo, set the pace, and then our bench guys got to come in, give it their all, do what they're supposed to do. And then once we do that and we can lock in for 40 minutes every night, then we're then we're scary. Then then teams aren't going to be able to hang with us. But I feel like we haven't been able to do that. So then we, we lock in for like 15, 20 minutes as a team. And then all of a sudden we're, get, we're leaving them time to stay in the game or to, to beat us really. Yeah. So it's every man's got to play a role. Every man's got to step up. That's we, we know how good we are. We've said it multiple, multiple times, but now it's, my big thing is like we've we've talked it. Uh, we let's, we got to show it now. I think I think from my perspective, I think the biggest thing is like consistency. Like coach yeah. talks about all the time. Like we put stretches for like ten minutes, twenty minutes. I think I sometimes you know, guess Carlson probably like a good thirty minutes of like playing. But it's like really stringing together like a perfect forty minutes of like you say, you know, consistency. You know, playing hard. Everyone knowing the roles, rebounding, talking on defense. You know cutting down the turnovers I think once we have the consistency of like everyone knowing what they're supposed to do then I think that we can really reach our peak because like you said we've shown glimpses of like okay this team can be really really scary but then we've shown other times where like okay we're complacent or we turn the ball over too much and like we kind of yeah. kick ourselves shoot ourselves in the foot and obviously now with the second semester we obviously have you know Ricky coming back you know Nate's really getting in his own with his health and you know now we have Chief coming back who's another defender like we have a couple more pieces coming back that can really help us you know, be the championship team that we envision ourselves to be, right? So I just really think that as long as we're consistent, we just really, like you said, stay together. I think that sky's the limit for us, honestly. Yeah. Well, one of the big things, I think, to that consistency, and I like to kind of take a saying from all the guys I work out with in the gym, is leave the ego at the door. Um, mm. you're, uh, I, got, I mean, I'm, playing, I'm still playing basketball. Can't say where yet, but... Um, while, where I'm playing, that's one of the biggest things we try and talk about with a bunch of the guys because the ego will like ruin a team. Like so many guys, it's you know, you're either you could start a game terribly, and then all of a sudden it's because your ego got battered because you're getting your your butt handed to you, and then all of a sudden you step up and then you know you make a comeback, or other way around, you get too comfortable, then your ego kicks in, you start to kind of step back, you play down to the competition, and then boom, you lost the game you should have won. And even in practice, that's the worst. Is when guys come in practicing, having an ego so, so large that it just ruins chemistry completely because then nobody knows how to play with each other. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. Ego is, I think, biggest thing to consistency in winning games. Especially the yeah. fact that Nick knows is like, if you look at the, our door and our gingerman it says check ego at door. And then people always have to like slap him for the game, right? So yeah. 100% right. Jason, got any more questions before we get to quicker? Or are you good, my brother? Good, I'm good. 
Well, next appreciative to come for you to come on. I really appreciate it. So now we're getting to a quick hitter segment. So this is the part of the podcast where we ask our guests a question. They have to answer as fast as possible. So Jason, you have the questions ready? Ready whenever you are. <laughs> Let's see how Nick does. I'm actually curious to see. <laughs> we have a time limit of a uh, minute and 30 seconds to answer all the questions. And no um, one's done it yet. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> when we first started this podcast, I actually wanted to try to have people answer all these within a minute. I really did. <laughs> I just don't think that people, people are just too slow in this. They just can't do it. So maybe a minute per question and even no, that. Yeah. No, no, not too long. Anyways, first question. I think I know the answer, but Nick, who's your favorite musical artist? Uh, I'm big on M. I like Eminem. Uh, Respects. Yeah. Let's go. Of course. He's always, always going to be one of the goats. I think I said the goats. The goats. <laughs> I think I said Juice World. Yeah, Juice, Juice is out there too, but I, I've been messing with M longer, and I just know he's better, so. <laughs> That's fair. The best. <laughs> All right, and artist or song you have on repeat? I, I knew you guys were going to throw this out. I don't listen to music like that, but let's see. Uh, I listen to anything like with Juice World right now, really. I don't really have favorites. I'm okay. not big on music. <laughs> that works. That's the artist. I'm going to change up this question then since we're going to we do sports, so. What's the favorite pair of kicks you've ever rocked? Uh, honestly, just Hyperdunks. Ooh, really? Job. Yeah, I I was never big on let's buy two hundred dollar LeBron, like let's break the bank. Like, yeah, my mom would always just get me like good old Nike basic Hyperdunks or whatever, and I swear every time I hooped in them, it, comfy, did everything I needed to do. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm with you on that, bro. As much as I love LeBron, I don't. I never had LeBrons. Same thing. Two bills. They're, I'll say they're heavy as all heck. Yeah, the most goaded pair I've ever worn is actually, you know, Tanger Outlets in Ottawa. I got yeah. a pair of KD8s on clearance for like 90 bucks, the Ant Pearls, which crazy. They're going for like three, 400 bucks now. They were the most comfortable and lightest shoes I've ever worn. But the only downside is like two years later, the bubble pops on the bottom of them. Mm. And man, trying to play with a pop bubble, that. Impossible. They're rolling your ankle for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't hoop. I don't hoop in. I don't like Kyrie's. I don't like Adidas. Really? I don't like Adidas. I, I have. I have a pair of Lebrons right now. Those black ones are Lebrons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not like the soldiers. Like they're not. They're not heavy. Yeah, yeah. As long yeah. as they're not heavy, they're fine. But I won't wear KDs. I won't wear Kobe's. Like I'm straight Nike. Good. I don't know why all those other shoes just don't work for me. But <laughs> Kyrie, honestly, I, I. I love my Kyrie's. Like I have Kyrie six, uh, fives and sixes, and it's crazy for me because I remember y'all know I have size sixteen feet. I got big yeah. ass feet, so it's really hard for me to find kicks. So when I find kicks, I just me. It takes me a minute. But my favorite kicks I've ever worn that got stolen in my fifth year were my PG one point fives. I love mm. those kicks. Go with it. I had those were stolen from me, man. Those I guys. love those kicks. I went into the locker room just during exam week. I go to my locker room. Someone, I see my shoes gone. And I said to this day, why would, I literally said this, why would someone steal size 16 shoes? They're clown shoes. Uh, why would someone steal size 16 shoes? What are you going to do with size 16 shoes? Oh, here you go. Favorites right here, man. Which one's the, the brand new PG5s. PG got some good dicks. And yo, these soles are the same as, I think it's the Kobe 12 Elite or something like that. So they're actually. I just, I just picked up Donovan Mitchell's shoes, actually. Oh, I've heard they're actually uh, super nice. Yeah, I got the Bel Airs. They look nice. nice. Okay, nice. 
So, all right, Jason, you got the next question. Question number four. Right. So, all-time favorite athlete? Kobe. Love it. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's the best. Mm-hmm, love it. Uh, last show you binge-watched? Last show I binge-watched. Well, I just binge-watched a show today, actually, and That's it was cool. Cobra Kai. I heard about that, too. <laughs> It's all right. They they play the nostalgia card because it's based off the old Karate Kid movies, obviously. So yeah. they pull back to that a lot and use a lot of clips from that. And like, oh, remember when this happened? You're like, yeah, but can you do something cool now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> But it's definitely worth watching if you if you like the old Karate Kid movies. Yeah. And I'm, I'm binge watching a show that Shannon put me on to a call for life super super good i watched the first season well and some of the second actually the first season is tough i know i'm on i'm on season two episode four tonight i gotta watch that it's super super tough i'm it got canceled they're like damn yeah because right now i'm waiting for all america to come back because they're on break till february but an Mm. offset topic jason i just finished watching the matrix last week the new one (laughs) it's it's okay i was getting ready i was thinking about watching that today actually but man i tried to get in to watch the new spider-man Dude, that is oh. sold out everywhere. Been, talking about it. And yo, it's it. like, I'm trying to go with like my girlfriend and it's like, man, you find one seat and that's the only seat. There's <laughs> like to find a two seater is impossible unless you're sitting like, you know, front row blinding yourself, but nobody's yeah. doing that. I'm not I was lucky anymore. enough to see it back on like the 20th. And? I wish. Yeah. Is it, it good? good. Just... Oh yeah. Well, it's okay. okay. I want to say the movie itself is good. Mm. Like the plot was just like, eh, whatever. But, like, just everything that happens, and like, it's obviously worth seeing. Uh, you got a nice one, Jason. Question number six. If you could spend a day with someone dead or alive, who would it be? Mm, probably be Michael Jordan, honestly. Even though Kobe's my favorite, just, I don't know, just to be able to hang out with Jordan, like, and just talk about all the things that he went through and just about the 90s. Like, that's just, it's, interesting for me more so than what Kobe went through. Wait, so let me guess you. You're, that's, uh, in the LeBron or Jordan debate, you Jordan? Oh, yeah. Jordan. Okay. Uh, I don't. I do not remember the answer to this question because we've had pizza before. I don't remember the answer to this question, so I'm very curious. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? No. <clears throat> so, hey, that's another check. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll eat it if it's like, obviously, I'll, like the only thing there because, you know, I'm a big boy. I need my food, but... <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you, Jason. Like a lot of people that have said no have said that part after. So even though you're winning, it's not clear cut. Like hell no, I'm not doing that. Like a lot of people. Would but say, it's like, would you? But you, they would never go out of their way. No, like, if I you know, have the option between know, like meat lovers or I, I you know Hawaiian, I understand. Yeah, Hawaiian's the bottom. Year, That's. <laughs> no, I understand. But last year on the podcast, when people were saying no, it was a definitive hell no. It was, it was like Jason said, people will not go out of their way to do it. But if people saw it on, like, for example, remember what you said? If you yeah. saw Pineapple, he's ripping it off. Like, it no true. one this year has said that. It's been, like, that's fair. That's, fair. that's what I'm saying. Hey, greatest pizza story I've ever heard, though, was, uh, actually, I witnessed. So, Kevin, you know, you know Kev. We had this other guy named Josh. He was uh, one of the CJF guys. He's played at Bedford. <laughs> Josh. And Josh. we were playing up in uh, Sudbury against Laurentian. So, we were getting pizza. And you, we pair up, right? And you, like, you get a a little extra large for the two of you. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, Kev, you can go ahead and pick. And as soon oh, as you're talking about. Or something <laughs> like that. And Kev, of all the decisions, picks vegetarian. Oh, and I've God. never seen a man so disappointed in his life. It was, Kevin never was allowed to make a decision for the rest of that. Uh, 
And it was funny too. Josh the next day went with me, and the first thing he said is, "No pineapple on pizza, no pineapple." <laughs> so we have to get chicken. But uh, whatever, bro. Shout out to my boy Josh, man. I love Josh, man. I love my guy. He's a legend. Miss that guy. Yeah. All right, you got another one. This is another one for Tejron. Uh, milk before cereal or cereal before milk? It's a hundred percent cereal before milk. Cool. <laughs> Next question: What's a song that you will never forget the lyrics to? Uh, once again, I don't listen to music, so I I don't. I'm so bad with lyrics. I get I get called out by all my friends all the time. So I'm gonna go for the cop out answer. Yeah. Let's say tequila. <laughs> a song that just has one word. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's my cop out answer. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Cause you're really bad with names. Like I remember we talked about the changing one. You're like, yeah. I don't know the song, but I won't know the name. I'm like, bro, that's what she, yeah. that's what Shazam is for, bro. Shazam is the goat. Shazam you don't know the goat. Shazam it. So, yeah. Right. If you were stuck on a, a deserted island and you were able to bring three items magically with you, what would they be? Uh, probably like a hatchet or something to cut with. Uh, let's do like, you could say food, but like, I would assume food's on the island. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say maybe like like a, a canteen okay. for water okay. and a tent. We'll go, we'll go practical okay, those, answers. We're good answers. The first one, uh, that's that's a go-to answer. I, I've actually brought up, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Hatchet. Yep. Oh, yeah. When I was 11. Man, facts. Yeah. All you need. It's all, all you, you need. need. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, next question. What's one skill you wish you were good at? Uh... I guess I would say like more like arts and stuff, like okay. creativity, like okay. I, anything physical, anything, whatever I'm good at. But the second I get a pen or something, I try to do something on paper. Not it. Ugly. I, I still do stick figures. Like I can't really, I, I can't do nothing on a piece of paper. And like my, my one best friend's really into art and can do a lot of things. And I'm just like, I can never, <laughs> never do it. And I wish I could. I was the same way. Up until eighth grade, I was trash at art. And all of a sudden, by the eighth grade, I just randomly got good. I don't know what yeah. I did. I just got good. And then for eighth grade, ninth grade, I got an A in art. I don't know what happened. I just got good. Like, <laughs> my ninth grade, like, I got so good. I kid you not, that my my painting was actually in the art gallery in our school for, like, you know how to do, like, uh, orientation night? That's what oh, yeah. I did. It was actually weird. I don't know how to this day. Haven't done art since. <laughs> so that was, what, 2015? It's 2022. It's been seven years. I haven't done it since. Well, another funny art story about josh <laughs> guy came comes up to never saying he, he he enters fine arts and i was asking about it he said oh i, I think it's gonna be something easy right and i was like ah three weeks in this guy comes back to me and says i made the wrong decision this is not uh, what i thought this guy was at like the big hall there and he had the they, they had a guest come in and they stripped naked and they had to paint them naked and oh. like right after that, he was deuces out of that oh. program. It was so funny. His reaction, priceless. <laughs> All right. This is uh, kind of a trippy one. Uh, have you ever watched Rick and Morty? Yeah, I've seen episodes. Okay, perfect. So you kind of, do you understand like uh, al alternate realities? Yeah. Okay, okay. So I'll say in an alternate universe, 
you're you, but your whole timeline's different. What are you doing? So if you weren't playing basketball. Dang. I guess I'll, I'll just answer it like this. Like if, if I wasn't doing basketball, mm-hmm. what would I be doing? Yes. And I would say I'd probably, I would have went to University of Minnesota, just local <laughs> university. Probably still been in business. And I I really like finance and the money aspect of business. So I, I basically, this is going to be one of my backups way down the line is like financial advising or something in that realm is what I think I'd be doing in a different world right now. Okay. Okay, that's pretty good. Final question. I just thought of this, but I've seen it before, so I'm interested to hear your answer. Because you had a game winner. Uh, Would you rather have a game winning three or a game winning block? You gotta do the three, bro. <laughs> I feel like after a game winning block, you just you can't really celebrate it the same. Like what you mean? LeBron, I have that. Oh, let me see. Like, a man, like if a man tried to dunk on you, right up there, walk him out the rim to win the game. You tell me you're not getting hyped. Oh yeah, you're celebrating, but like a game winning three, you know the benches are clearing. Like <laughs> I can maybe hit my actual D Wade moment and not get pushed off. I could. <laughs> <laughs> game when you block you just you piece that and then you just maybe flex on a little bit and then you just you kind of walk off no <laughs> that's what I feel like would happen <laughs> this, I, what, what, which one do you want block or three I mean honestly the only reason I'm saying a three is for redemption because every time I've gone for a game winning three man that's just really? been terrible uh, we had one I was this was back in like high school it was for a championship and uh yeah I got terrible pass. I, I blame it on the passer. Drop uh, the drop the ball, defender had enough time to close out, jack it, wash it back, it looks like it's going in, and then it just goes airball. Yeah. Uh, it's the most impre- like literally the most depressing thing ever, but yeah, you know. Yeah. If I could if I could redeem myself, yes, I would say yeah, game winning three for sure. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But that's all the time we have. So, Nick, man, I really appreciate you taking time to, to talk with us, man. I appreciate it, bro. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's been good. Like I said, hopefully by the time this comes out, we back in North Bay. We can finish off our season. Let's go. Let's go to playoffs. And let's get this chip. Yes, sir. <laughs> and that's a wrap on another edition of the Lakers Locker. I want to thank my boy, Nick Gellin, for joining us. You can find the videos in my YouTube and listen to full intimate all podcast streaming platforms. Peace.